0: Welcome to Linux Link Radio by TimeSys, the podcast for embedded Linux developers who want to simplify and speed up their custom platform development. Visit TimeSys.com today for access to our podcast archives.
1: Hi, this is Machi Harash here. And Gene Salley. Uh This week we're going to talk about um, Gene's um, travel to uh, Austria. Yeah,
0: they let me out of the office,
1: for <laughs> which is a switch. Again. Um, well, no, I, I, I guess that... Um, you were at the Consumer Electronics Forum, right? Yes. Uh, in yes. Austria, where, where you were presenting on several topics.
0: Yeah, I was at uh, Linz. It was the city, and it was at a, it was at a university. It was really nice. It was a great uh, conference. A lot of folks there. It ran over uh, Friday mm. and Saturday. Uh, so it, and it was you know very well attended.
1: Uh, a lot of people that were in all different stages of their embedded Linux work. So uh, can you can you? Uh Introduce a bit um, the CLF conference itself, because uh, for for new listeners that are not familiar with that conference, um, what is oh, it all about? Sure, this is
0: sponsored by the Consumer Electronics Forum, and it's it we started out. I mean, the genesis of the CLF was for uh, Linux on commercial device on commercial devices, but on consumer devices, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, telephones, a small little handheld things, consumer electronics. Piece right. That's the whole consumer electronic mm-hmm. form, right? That's what they call that. But it has since morphed into more or less a uh, embedded Linux in a general sense uh, community and form. So it's uh, said it has folks that do consumer electronics, people that electronics, people who do industrial work. Mm. Of course, there's always the real time folks that are in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all, all it, over Embedded Linux.
1: Is it is it – um, well, I know that you've presented at that show in California. So it's yes. not like this is um, regional or um, something that happens only in Europe that that actually CLF happens um, all over the world, just yeah. like Embedded Systems yeah, Conference. Yeah, the,
0: the, the primary organizer, Tim Bird, uh, he tries to do a conference in um, in the U.S., mm-hmm. and then he tries to do one outside the U.S. every year. And, in fact, next year's is in – I can't, I sincerely probably can't pronounce it, but it's in Mexico mm-hmm. and that'll be, which was funny, the guy who described it as being centrally located, right? <laughs> Mexico was, you know, centrally located between the U.S. and South America. <laughs> I got a big laugh out of that. <laughs> but, um, so there's one conference in the U.S. and then one outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, presentations at least twice a year. So, so, so it's a great way for, you know, to get together folks yeah. that are inside the industry uh, see what's going on new.
1: So uh, primarily the people that visit that show are engineers and, and architects uh, from different companies that want to find out about uh, where Linux is going um, for the specific um, domains that they they work in. Or
0: oh yeah yeah it's
1: it's it's
0: both managers folks right. Mm-hmm. So there were manager folks there. There were engineer folks. They were interested in new developments in Linux. And they were, there were also a lot of people that were uh, just getting. Uh, oriented with linux and wanted to stick their toes in the water and understand what you know what is this thing i'm i'm considering doing Mm -hmm. um so it it is it's a it's a good mix of extremely experienced uh people and you know people that are new and managers and engineers and of course you know it's it's linux so the people you do with
1: their you know all of them are nice right which is one of the great things about linux shows so uh you've mentioned that it was well attended um hundreds yes Right, yeah. and uh, so uh, let, let's talk about a um, few topics that you presented on. I know that you had um, presented on um, GCC. You, 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 another topic that you presented on, and that show was um, embedded Linux for um, the beginners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and the third one I think was correct me if i 'm wrong, uh, but um, using rpm um, as a build system
0: oh yeah so so i got i got uh, i got three three things accepted for presentation. The first thing we did is a you know discussion about GCC from an embedded engineer 's perspective how does it work how does a cross compilation work? what are some tips and tricks you could use to um, to get the most out of gcc i mean mm-hmm. so, uh, you know the most entertaining one, right so you do this and you do the talk. You say, "Hey, if you do dash pound pound pound, it'll yeah. your show everything that's going on." Right. And then the other thing that I think the folks got a kick out of was if if you uh, if you pass, I think dash me and the dash and whatever, it'll be posted in the CLF site. The mm-hmm. presentation it'll come out with all the predefined macros. Right? There's all kinds of little tips and tricks where if you're doing porting or working with. Uh, non x86 systems that you really need to know about well, and I, uh so I, that was really had, it was a standing room only uh thing which i sort of amazed me um it wasn't like a four there wasn't like there were four seats in the room which i know you're gonna make fun of me about right but <laughs> um but no reading my mind yeah yeah there's four seats in the room <laughs> five people came right so no. so yeah. uh how many attendees did you have y- you know i'd probably say i had a, at least 30 for that and and the bummer thing is that i as my i didn't it was uh, rescheduled, right? Hmm. Because I, I… You missed the flight? I, I missed… Well, no, no. It wasn't… I didn't purposefully <laughs> miss the flight, right? I know. Um, but my, 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 my… I got in the airport too late to make my connection despite hmm. running… Uh, sprinting across the uh, the airport.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I think that GCC itself is is a very complex tool. Oh, and, it is. And um, a lot of uh, people that start with GCC and, and even the, the ones that are fairly advanced… They very often, you know, use uh, maybe 10, 20% of oh, yeah. um, properties that that you get access to and which are, b- by the way, enabled by default. But um, did you have any questions from the Tons. audience? Tons, okay. Tons. Tons can, of questions. Can you share some of the most interesting ones with our audience? So some of the questions had to deal with uh, configuring GCC for
0: other libraries, mm-hmm. the mechanics involved in that. And in particular, what was GPL and what wasn't, because of the static versus dynamic linking. Mm. Um, that was because I, I did stop by and talk about alternate C libraries, mm-hmm. which is sort of like my, I don't know, entertainment. I, I, I even I, I'm shudder to even call it that, right? But there are the people that are interested in alternate C libraries and how they work and the mechanics behind that. So we talked um, about that, and then we also talked, um, uh, we dug in and, and talked about things whenever you use the dash pound 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 and how it locates libraries and how it locates uh, header files mm-hmm. and how to tune that so that it works for your project mm-hmm. uh you know because a lot a lot of, of times i find this and you probably find it too and you know maybe the folks that listen is that embedded projects have a extraordinarily long life right, right. and so you typically have some file that is or some project where you know no one's gonna ever exchanged change an extension name and no one's ever going to change how things work, but you still need to be able to pass in the right things to the compiler so that it mm-hmm. behaves correctly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, Uh, And so GCC has a a million and a half tuning options
1: there. And and I think that um, people get to those um, options when they run into problems. Oh, yeah. Because um, if everything works well Mm -hmm. and you got the the right performance out of your uh, application, I don't think that they are really looking at other optimization levels that they can get with GCC. Because um, it usually means a trade off of some sort. Yeah. But once they run into a problem... Uh, once they, um, you know, macro misbehaves or, or application misbehaves, and they have to track down what's going on. Oh,
0: you know what? I, you know, I'm sorry. I should have typed because because another thing you can do with GCC is you can stop it after it's pre-processed, mm. before right. it's done. Di- and there's all kinds of defects, right, that you can code in uh, due to macros mm-hmm. and the way macros expand in C. It's not always obvious, right? And so you can. You, know, you can code yourself a bug you'll never find. And that that was another thing we talked about a little bit. Uh, so, um,
1: yeah, I, 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 I agree that um, – I started again. <laughs> I agree that um, the topic of GCC and how to um, – the complexities behind it and what you can do with it, uh, how you can track down uh, certain issues and, and, and uh, figure out what's going on in your application is is a very interesting topic yeah. to to our audience, so perhaps we can do a, a dedicated Linux Link um, podcast sure, a, a episode not. on that. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to um, ask you about other topics oh, that, yeah. that you presented on the because embedded Linux topic. That's uh, I'm sure that was of uh, high interest to uh, your audience.
0: Yeah. So what I did is I I, I did this one presentation was just getting started with embedded Linux, and it wasn't to be patronizing. It wasn't to be uh, uh you know non technical anything it was geared for engineers that find themselves or managers that find themselves. Uh, doing a project with Linux that mm-hmm. may not be familiar with Linux from an embedded perspective, mm-hmm. and so we talk through the different parts of the system, you know, like the root file system and the kernel and the C library and uh, how and, and you know, how all those things interacted, and you know, this cross compiler thing that you need, and you know, why you should be interested in using a JTAG debugger, and when it is the right thing for you to use, and when it isn't. Different debugging techniques, um, different you know approaches to creating your root file system. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the GPL, which is which – I mean, in terms of hot-button topics, that was a yeah. hot-button topic. Uh, I, I think I pref- – uh, well, not preface, but I think every uh, reasonable discussion that was followed by me saying – and I'm not a lawyer. You should consult one, right, to really understand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm no substitute for legal advice. Well, that's but there's the com- still a lot of questions around well, that. Well, the,
1: I, I think that this is a very hot topic, um, and and we got the gist of uh, you know how important it is uh, when oh, yeah. we had a discussion with Mad Dog in, in Toronto, mm-hmm. and he indicated that lawyers are really advisors, but you, you should make up your own mind. Oh yes. But um, I, I okay. And, so and the,
0: and the other thing too that I guess. Some of us in terms of the you know whether your soft you know whether your code is released and you know how to make it available and most of the, the people that were there were uh, not interested in skirting right the right. GPL but they were interested in complying with it, it exactly it, and it was it wasn't an issue of you know I don't I want to get ever available to me in open source and be as stingy as possible right but the more of the questions were along the line of hey I I want to be a good citizen. Because I want to be a good citizen.
1: You know, um, there are so many discussions around GPL mm-hmm. and red flags being thrown by different organizations. That yeah. you know, um, there's there's a new GPL version, yeah. uh, right? There's there, there's still the proprietary well, open source versus proprietary device drivers discussion, mm-hmm. which which makes it confusing for an uh, entry level engineer, a beginner engineer. Um, that, that starts with them, but the next two to figure out um, what's the right way, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. So it was the, this talk was scheduled for three hours, right? And mm-hmm. so I thought to myself, I did my slides and I, I rehearsed, which I don't think anyone believes that anyone rehearsed. And I thought to myself, <laughs> wow, it's, I'm not going to be able to talk past an hour and a half, maybe two hours at the most. And we went all the way to three hours of the entire session, not even a bio break in the middle or anything, just you know st- straight on through. And so I was, because we had questions and comments, as went through and, and addressed them. So, so I was really um, impressed by the level of interest, not just about I know mean, we concentrated now about I, the GPL thing, but you know, across all the subjects that we discussed, there was some so interesting.
1: Any any most interesting subjects that or questions that you'd like to share with us here?
0: Oh, so you know, for that we got into debugging. Uh, and I know okay. we talked about debugging here, and yeah. uh, one of the recommendations for debugging is, especially remote debugging, is well, don't do it, right? Mm. And for that audience, that was a fairly new—I shouldn't say it was—it was even a semi-shocking comment. And you know, when you explain to people, it's like, hey, you know, the Linux system on your desktop is in fact, uh, can, you know, is in fact good enough for local debugging, right? It's POSIX has the same interface, right? It has the same C library interface. You could probably create the same devices on it. Uh, y- there's no real reason for you to do remote debugging until the end, you know, until closer to the end of your project. You can still right. find all your logic problems and whether your loops are off by one and all that other issue just by debugging locally.
1: It, it got me scared there for a second because I thought that um, you, you're going to say don't do a, a remote debugging period. Oh, but- no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. No, it's, no, it's most certainly necessary, but it's certainly not where you start. Right. The other topic was development on Windows. There mm-hmm. are still a lot of folks that, uh, that want to, Know what's available. How can I do my development natively on Windows? And is, is that even a concept I can even try? Or right? is, right. is is that just craziness even thinking I can do that? Yeah. Of, you know, of course it isn't, right? Um, uh, we talked about Automake and Autoconf tools too, which uh, I think was a layer of complexity some of the audience wasn't expecting. And you know, at one point they said, "Well, can you explain to me the difference between host, build, and target?" Mm-hmm. And every time I have to, it's it's an arduous process. It's like okay, so target is used for cross compiler, so we can forget that, right? Because that's where. So really, it's host and build, and build means build it for this particular machine, right? And host is the machine things are running on, and so it's it's. I had to go out and explain this, and maybe one of the listeners can write in because I still haven't uh, about whenever you do, whenever you have host target, and build. Um, all being something different, right? That's called a Canadian cross build, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be some configuration of com- Canadian parliament. And, and I know when someone described this to me, they were laughing and they thought it was very entertaining. And I didn't understand them, but I laughed along too because I didn't want to make hurt the feelings or whatever. <laughs> and so I, I
1: was... Play I, along.
0: I, yeah, I just played along. Oh, that's really funny. But I, I, because I didn't understand, I didn't retain. So maybe mm-hmm. can someone can write in and explain to me exactly what the Canadian cross is and why that's sort of funny. And then, I'm
1: sure we'll get a lot of emails on that. Oh, but- yeah um and then, okay and then the last, do you want to like, talk
0: about rpm rpm yeah okay so rpm is a build system this was probably the lightest attended it was close to the end of the day
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this was another i had a i think i had a two-hour slot for this and i looked it's like well there's no way i'm going to go over and I, I went way over and so uh, even on the gcc i went over on that too and um the amazing thing okay so here's i consider this amazing okay. people skipped the coffee break i thought coffee break yeah, room, yeah, a... yeah, you went empty know you'd see the papers fly behind them. But no, they actually stuck through the oh, coffee. Got, break. Yeah. People so are very
1: interested. Well, that means in either the, the coffee
0: was bad, right? <laughs> I don't know. Or so anyway, but for, for RPM, we, um we just talked about, you know, here at times right. We mm-hmm. produce RPM components that are cross compiled. And yeah. that's how we sort of put together distributions so for packaging, users. Packaging
1: um, system. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I wanted just to talk about that and say, mm-hmm. Hey, if you want to do this, here's what's involved. Uh, here's what RPM does. It's not some magic tool that that does magic things, right? It's a build tool. And you know, here's how it can help you. Here's where you can get into sticky points. Um you know, here's a model project. Here's the important moving elements. And uh for that I didn't I didn't get a lot of questions for that. Would, I don't know whether I it was the end of the day and people were tired or I, I uh, simply I, talked them into submission or I, I, think uh, that I don't know. I
1: that, that topic appeals to um, a, a, perhaps a group of um, embedded engineers because um, uh, when you talk about Linux, um, everybody in the embedded space um, cares about Linux. But when you talk about um, packaging technique for root file system, that's, um, th- th- there are so many options, right? And, yeah. um some In some cases, people are not thinking in terms of RPMs when they think about root file system because oh, yeah. people think about um, just simply uh, packages that they want to...
0: Well, you know, I tried to do as fair a shake as possible, and I didn't want to be the RPM fanboy, right? So we talked about a couple other packaging systems out there that were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about RPMs, weaknesses, mm-hmm. and then the advantages, the different advantages of using some other packaging systems and you know, why you'd even want to use a packaging system to, to start with, right? Because it's really, it's in some cases not necessary, uh, uh, but in other cases, it's extremely handy. And it's some like one of the, some of the non-obvious cases where if you have a team that's distributed across a great area, you know, deciding on using a f- uniform packaging type makes it easy for them to submit what they consider a finished product into your, into your system. Or, you know, if you're dealing with a contractor and you want to be able to have a consistent build that's all encapsulated and want to be able to put things together, Specifying an RPM as an output you know, probably is the right thing to do.
1: It's a very simple way of managing versions, dependencies, and, and completeness of a solution that you provide to some other users. Oh, yeah. So it was, one of the interesting
0: questions I got out of that class, is, is, uh, class or whatever it was, uh, lecture, is someone said, well, do I need to do RPM build every time I rebuild my project when I'm doing development? And it was very interesting to have people confuse the package management elements of RPM along with their regular compilation edit debug loop.
1: Yeah.
0: And I wouldn't say they're unrelated. Of course, they're certainly very much related. But uh, one of the important things to remember about our, or any packaging system is that it's not how you build every time that you're ready. It's right. um, it's how you set up a you know, ready-to-be-built source tree in order to get it distributed. And that is something that, um, it took a while to get across. And mm-hmm. I mean, not that the listener, I mean, the listener, I gonna say not that the listener was unintelligent, but the, the concepts people No, I'm well, no, 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 no. I know you're making fun of me, but, <laughs> no, but, no. but it, it, it took a while to get across because a lot of people have this preconception about what RPM is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, they don't understand what the tool does. And, we talked
1: for a while, and then, like the light bulb went off he's like,
0: "Ah, okay, so now I understand why i'd even you know now' I'm even saying why I even want to use this
1: yeah, I, I think that um, uh, the reason why I made that face was because this this is i think a challenge, just like with um, any other new approach or new project that gets introduced uh, by open source, where you have to educate um, or help people understand um, what are the goals behind certain certain projects, right? And, and as you said, um, um, RPM is a way of packaging a specific source tree mm-hmm. um, so that you can easily pass it on to others. But um, I think that a lot of people still kind of like, when they when they design the root file system, they think in terms of I need BusyBox, I need uh, Dropbear, I need some other package, yeah, yeah, A- and they they don't really care what's the packaging system as long as it does what it's um, supposed to.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. And so it was it was it, it was quite interesting. Some of the some of the questions on, um, that that I got around that were because I think RPM was misunderstood as the tool was, yeah. and so I'm you know. I didn't view my job as to convince people into using RPM, mm-hmm. uh, but my job was to inform people as to what RPM was good for. Right. You know, maybe all those people left and thought, holy cow, I, I never want to use that because yeah. I'm trying to solve a different problem. Right. And, uh, and maybe some people left and said, oh, so that fits the problem. So I just wanted to yeah. have people really understand what it did. And I tried to, compare and contrast against some other packaging systems, too. So it would be reasonably understood.
1: So, um, well, so I would like to actually ask our listeners to um, please let us know if you would be interested in finding out or us talking about different packaging systems. Oh, sure. Uh, because if, if that topic is of an interest, we are definitely going to cover it. But.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how many people, see, it was later in the day, and I'm not sure how many people uh elected to go to this because it was versus some other things so it was difficult for me to tell probably maybe ten attendees um uh who actually stayed the whole time i was I was always impressed that it must be uh it must just be customary' because uh, i didn 't have anyone want, like walk no, out and I, discuss
1: I, th- I think that your topics were very interested yeah. and um I saw your slides um before we left too. So yeah. very good yeah. so but um as well, so long as you think they 're okay much. <laughs> You got my blessing. Well, you know, I,
0: yeah, I write them, I think to myself, well, what would Maciej think? Is, is this okay for Maciej?
1: Well, what you usually do, you shout because we sit next to each other. So. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, thank you. But um, I wanted to ask you another question because I know that you presented on three topics, but yeah. um, you mentioned that you were invited to a, to a panel. Oh, yeah. So I would like to talk to you about that. Yeah, um, it was really neat. talk a bit about it? Uh, I mean, what was the purpose of this panel? What was the topic? And then who were the um, attendees? So the purpose was for us to argue about what the best uh, embedded Linux
0: packaging, not no, the, the best Linux distribution, like what is the best distribution. Linux okay. distribution? And so, um, you know, I probably should have prepared for my podcast and written down because I, I have a notoriously short memory, right? <laughs> and um, um, so anyway, so there was some, there was like people that were representing the customer field and then, then there were some folks representing the you know the, like the traditional distributions, mm-hmm. and then someone we had uh, someone representing like the developers, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, and and it, like one guy I remember his name was Wookie, who does the embedded Linux, um, uh, sorry the embedded Debian distribution. Uh-huh. Heck of a nice guy. I felt really yeah. bad for I I felt bad for him because he had a lot of great ideas, but at the end of the in the table was Tom Tom Leichner. Who is um, who is just louder, right? And so, I because I, I, the because this guy he was very soft spoken, and he just had trouble, I think, correctly getting the attention of the moderator, oh. uh, and so that was unfortunate because a lot of his ideas were excellent, and um,
1: okay,
0: I, I felt bad for him, I really
1: did. So, uh, um, more or less seven to ten panelists. So we got okay. one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven panels. Seven panelists, yeah. and how many people attended? You know
0: panel? what? I I don't know. We were in the big, we were in the big room, yeah. And it, so it was like a it was stadium style seating, right? And uh, maybe there were ninety, hundred fifty people. I, mm-hmm. uh, I would, it was fuller than I thought. I I sat down, and it was the first time I did anything like this, and my heart was my heart was going <laughs> thump, thump, thump 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 the whole time, and oh. I'm thinking to myself. Oh oh my gosh, I'm going to say something bad and they're going to make me walk well, home or, or swim you, home with a brick around my neck. Especially or that <laughs> you were the first to talk, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. No, I was second, second. second. So the, okay. the um second to talk. And um so uh the the main um concepts around the discussions that that you'd like to share with our audience. Oh, here. so
0: it it was an interesting it sort of got, you know, like all panel discussions do. They had Tim, mm-hmm. whose name I do remember, Tim Bird, who was uh, the uh uh, sort of running the panel mm-hmm. and uh, his moderator. Okay, mm-hmm. and so I, I sort of felt bad for him because we we took a detour off into QA, right? Uh, which is always interesting, right? Because uh, you can spend a lot of time in in that. That's that's nearly the religion of software development is mm-hmm. QA in some in some respects.
1: Well, but I guess since you talked about the, the primary topic was the distributions. Um, oh yeah. So thanks
0: for getting me on track. See, it, 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 it it's already <laughs> derailing our discussion now, right? Yeah. So. So we want to talk about the question was what is the ideal Linux distribution, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um,
1: uh, the, what is the ideal uh, Linux distribution? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm
0: <laughs> sort of pausing for a second because I'm trying to compose. So, you know, when I was asked, I actually didn't hear the other two people before me because I was so nervous because I was trying to say something that would be sane, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I presented the ideal Linux distribution from you know for, from my perspective, which is one that's you know, it gives you the maximum amount of freedom with respect to what you're able to assemble, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, lets you pick and choose and take advantage of what's available in the open source community, um, and at the same time, still get you running quickly. Which mm-hmm. I know are two opposing ideas, right? And so that that was the main point that I wanted to get across. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that was my ideal Linux distribution.
1: So uh, let me repeat that back. The, the ideal Linux distribution, according to you, was uh, Linux distribution that is not locking um, users into any specific versions of anything. So you can pick any Linux kernel. You can pick any packages for root file system. But you still want to have ability to um, get that distribution somehow from somewhere. Assembled Correct. nicely, yes. So that it accelerates your um, initial experience with Linux as well, right? Because yes. that, that was another point, I guess, um, from our earlier talks. Yeah. Uh, you yeah in your in
0: your attempt to get me uh, focused to talk about this for a little bit, so yeah, and it was it was interesting because the the guys the the uh, the one guy from some other company, right? Okay. Um, he talked about how the it was interesting in that in that they presented a distribution almost like a monolith, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get the distribution from us. You don't vary from what you get from us. You don't pick and choose what you get from us. We give you what works. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's like, wow, you know, as someone that does Linux, why would why would you even get into that sort of situation? Because you've given up all the freedom that you want with Linux that you expected with Linux for what is a software model for a package software model Mm -hmm. it's it's not like you're i i don't understand you know i don't understand the the benefit if you want to go with linux behind taking that route so and so that was interesting And, and so i was able to to talk from that perspective
1: so i would imagine that every one of the panelists had an opinion on that oh yeah but um do you do you have any well, I'm I'm interested in audience reaction. I mean, what was did you guys get any questions around that distribution? Oh, sure. And and what was the prevailing theme or um question that um you were
0: getting so we got a couple of things where were like you know so the audience pipes in and says, Hey, um you know for us a distribution has has some benefits to it. Mm-hmm. It's not as though that you know, it's not as though that uh, it's it's all bad from our perspective. It, it, you know, who cares if it's you know ten versions ago? It's the one that works, and we like to keep modifying the one that works <laughs> to our to our needs. And so be it. And I that, thought that was interesting. Um, the other interesting thing from the audience was the, in my opinion, fixation on kernel, okay. almost as though kernel meant distribution. And you know, I was there, and I'm thinking, I want to. I piped in a couple of times and said, Hey, you know, distribution is not a monolith. You should be able to change the components out in the user space, and um, and then there was a lot of talk about minutia about well, you know, how much of a change is acceptable to the kernel if you want to use a different one than the one we happen to got from our dis- happen to mm-hmm. get from our distribution vendor. Mm-hmm. A- and it was very interesting about that, the way that discussion went. And I guess my point was is like when I listen to this, you know, it seems as though the audience is willing to. Uh, Pick using almost any change, you know, almost any change to the kernel is bad, but there's not the same sort of reaction when it comes to user land. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, in user land, the effects of, the effects of what people are trying to insulate themselves by by locking down a kernel can be just as catastrophic, you know, if you don't lock down on user land programs. And that sort of vigilance with respect to what happens in user land versus what happens in in the kernel was very interesting. It's almost as like, it was almost as though you know, people could understand. This is an interesting thing. So people that could understand what was happening were more accepting of newer versions. And so for some people didn't understand what happened in the kernel, and therefore they were very uncomfortable about using another version. And the people that were very uncomfortable about what was happening in user land were, were very uncomfortable about using different user land versions. Right. And people that are uncomfortable about both were QA engineers. So,
1: well, so I, I guess it's very similar to um, uh, the earlier topic that we talked about um, RPM, which is um, knowledge is actually everything, right? Yeah. If you understand the scope of changes and you understand the impact of those changes on the stability of what you work on, you're willing to accept those changes knowing that they introduce some new um, fixes, new new patches, new new code. But um, to get to that point where you have that understanding, that, that usually takes some effort. And uh, so I guess uh, you, you've mentioned three concepts out of that discussion that, that um, the audience was interested in. Um, and uh, I, I made a few notes here. Oh. Um, so uh, modifi- <laughs> modify the distribution that works, right? So uh, yeah. what customers want is something that works. Um, not necessarily. They they don't want to be locked into specific versions. Uh-huh. They want um, when they're at the beginning of their project, the latest and greatest. But um, they want something that works. Oh, that that's something you
0: point out. It's like that was a thing that I heard. It's like, well, when I start my project, I want what's newest, and then I'm going to stick with that. Yes. Uh, which is, it was an interesting. I, I think I've heard that from uh, you know from the people that I work with. But it was good validation to yeah. hear that from other you know, folks, it was a much more random sample. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, another thing that you've just said is that um, people do understand, have that good understanding of um, user land packages and also um, how they evolve um, as they progress in their project, that, that versions fixes to some of the packages that they use for root file system design also get changed and how that affects their project and the life cycle of um, uh, where they are with the project right so that understanding um uh is, is also a, another validation i guess um for us mm-hmm. to um address some of the concepts yeah. on, on the next podcast here oh yeah so
0: it, it, that was i consider that uh, c- completely fasc- completely fascinating some of the effects you see and yeah. and in terms of how what people are willing to change and what they're not and um so uh at the end of the panel, uh, how how long was the panel? It, it lasted an hour and in fact, I think at one point Tim described it Tim Burton described it as a love fest. <laughs> and and we we weren't uh being controversial enough. So um you were agreeing all together. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, some of the people on the panel were agreeing I think in ways he didn't expect us to agree.
1: Okay. And so I thought he expected a not you know knock them down. You were the one that was disagreeing or the one that was agreeing? I actually you know what I was in the
0: agreeing camp a lot or or maybe other people were agreeing with me I guess I'll, ah. I'll get my overinflated
1: ego right but, <laughs> but you
0: know people were agreeing with each other right
1: Okay so uh I I heard from you that um the uh the entire uh panel actually ended up with you going out Oh no not the, not the entire panel so so Klaus who who asked me to uh, okay.
0: sit on the panel uh was nice enough He invited me and a couple other panelists out for dinner afterwards and a couple other folks as well and we stopped he took i i, I sincerely appreciate his hospitality but we we stopped this wonderful restaurant and uh i i couldn't read the menu and then when i got the american menu i, I didn't understand what was on it <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and, similar to japan i guess you're, uh, you're visiting japan yeah but, uh, yeah so yeah. So,
0: I, so i let klaus order for me he got uh we looked at different things i got the mountain goat um the Austrian mountain goat with um and then some nice dumpling soup. You're laughing at me. The dump, you know, it, I thought mountain goat would be sort of tough and whatever. It was yeah. fantastic. And the dumpling soup was, it, I, I I nearly picked up the bowl and like slurped it up. And I was on my best manners.
1: Did you bring any of that with you back? No. no. Well, the
0: other thing too is I had some, They had some like some potatoes and this other other stuff that looked – it looked like – my best way to describe it is it looked like lumpy phlegm yeah. that tasted like um, – that had like a horseradish taste to it. And it complemented the meat and the potatoes fantastically. I, I just I, – I could have
1: – Wow. It, 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 Gene, I have to stop you because you're making me hungry, oh, which, was, which means that um, we have to end this podcast. No, we don't.
0: I can't explain to you exactly how good d- dinner was. And, you know, of course, um, you know, Klaus and some of the other panelists, you know, they're great conversationalists, great people to spend the evening out with. Um, you know, goofing around
1: and. um, Well, great that you had a lot of fun. Um, Next time I'm coming with you.
0: If you want to, you can. I I stayed in the, uh, I say in this, the other, okay, so the other interesting thing is, is I didn't, I wasn't aware of this, okay, but hotels in Germany, you need to put your room key in this little slot in order for the electricity to come on in the room. And it's not like I stayed at like a cheap room. It's not like I cheaped out and stayed at a cheap place. And I felt like going down to the desk and say, "Do you need like an extra ten bucks or whatever so I can have electricity all the time?" Or what's the deal?
1: You got to travel a bit more to Germany, I guess. And <laughs> and
0: and, and, and uh, I didn't like that at all. And it's like, uh, why is that how? It, and so I asked him. So I'm at dinner. Whenever it's like, did did I am I in a flop house? Or it's like, no, no, that's just how it works. Yeah. No. I did test though. I mean, I could have put any card in there to keep the lights on, but I think if I would have, someone would have come down and.
1: Yeah, well, I wasn't necessarily been to Austria, my room key. so um, next time I'll go there. I'll, I'll pay attention to all those insights.
0: <laughs> well, the other thing I found out too is here's here's my other observation: you have to ask for your bill in the restaurant. Like I, I was real tired one night and this last time I was there you know, because I, I couldn't get a flat on Sunday for wh- how it works. So Sunday I was there and I had some dinner and I ordered – I thought two things and the waitress didn't understand me or whatever else. And so um, what else is new, right? Uh, did you get the mountain goat again? <laughs> no, I did not get mountain goat. I, and and um, I went – I could not find the mountain goat restaurant. Otherwise, I would have gone back there. But anyway, so I, I went and I ordered something and I dozed off, right, because I was just so tired. And I woke up, it was like an hour later, Yeah, you know, no bill. No, <laughs> I thought, hey, they'd throw me out or something, but nope.
1: Okay. Well, it was very insightful, Gene. So thank you very much for sharing oh, sure. with our listeners all those details. <laughs> um, well, uh, if you have any questions for us, please um, uh, send us an email at com. Again, we are very much interested in any um Comments, um, suggestions for um, future topics. Um, so please let us know. Yeah, we uh, get a
0: lot of emails at, at podcastattimesist. dot com. Don't don't be shy. Some people write in and they're like, "Well, I don't know if you've heard this before," and and just just write. And chances are, if you write to us, we'll get back to you shortly. So it, it varies because I know that sometimes we're on the road, but we do our best effort to make sure we write back to to people that write into us.
1: Yep. Thank you very much, Gene. Thank okay, you, you for, welcome. for your attention. All right. Bye. This
0: podcast was brought to you by TimeSys. Are you new to Embedded Linux? Looking for a way to simplify your next project? The Linux Link service by TimeSys makes it easy to build your custom embedded Linux platform. Go to TimeSys.com today or call 866-392-4897 to learn more.